Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 131 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for a special late afternoon Labor Day installment of the SCO Show. That's right, I'm coming to you live September 7th, 2020. It is week one of the NFL season. We're going to talk about that for a little bit in the moment, we're also going to talk in the second half of the show some NFL-wide predictions, sort of the final piece to our NFL season preview. It hasn't been a, a full season preview over here. We talked quarterbacks, we've talked rookies and breakout players and stuff like that. We'll cap it off with some predictions that are sure to be absolutely wrong by the time the NFL season wraps up with Super Bowl 55. Before we do that, though, Got some other stuff on the docket, but we kick it off with the usual cavalcade of reminders. Please follow along with the hijinks at Mark Schofield. Check out the work, various places. Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio. Matt and I will be doing a season preview pod a little later this week, so check that out. MattWaldmanRSP.com. Three different explanation websites. Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where the QB factory is set to return. Myself and Michael Gist. And of course, Pat's Pulpit. And yes, Touchdown Wire. Myself, Doug Ferrara, covering the league league-wide for you all season long at touchdownwire.usatoday.com. Let me also make a pitch before the games kick off on Thursday night. The Slack channel, the Scotia Slack channel. If you would like to be a part of that, game days, Sundays, Thursday nights, Monday nights, they're a ton of fun. So hit me up for an invite at Mark Schofield on Twitter, mark.schofield at insidethepylon.com. Ask to be a part of the greatest Slack channel on the planet. Now, as I said here at the outset, coming to you a little bit later than usual, usually the shows get scheduled for midnight, but I'm dropping this late Monday morning because, I mean, Monday afternoon, excuse me, because I was out of town this weekend. A little bit of glamping, Jellystone Resort up outside Hagerstown, Maryland with the family for a long weekend, a little cabin, a little fire pit, a little golf cart to drive around the campsite, a little water park action, fun for the whole family. Obviously, completely social distanced. Still wearing the masks, still doing what we can. Weird times, but we have NFL action back, and so that is exciting. I want to sort of kick things off. I know we're going to talk NFL predictions in a moment. The final 53-man roster is announced, so I want to compare and contrast the final 53 with what I projected in my roster projections 1.0, a.k.a. the roster projections of integrity. So they're the only ones I did. And let's see what I got right, what I got wrong, and have some commentary along the way. Quarterbacks nailed it. Cam Newton, Brian Hoyer, Jared Stidham, Brian Lewerke on the outside looking in. 
So, hey, got that right, which is nice. Interestingly enough, Lewerke, not yet on the Patriots practice squad. The Patriots might be sort of biding their time here, seeing if there are any other quarterbacks available before signing one to the practice squad. So we'll see how that plays out. Let's move to running back. My prediction in the roster projections of integrity. James White, Rex Burkhead, Lamar Miller, who would be moved to Pup, Damian Harris, and Sony Michelle. Well, can't win them all. Miller cut, J.J. Taylor cut, who I had as somebody that they might try to sneak onto the practice squad. So I missed out on Miller there. Bit of a surprise by that one. I thought that they might try to hold on to Lamar Miller, see if they could get something from a little down the road. Because let's face it, we might see a lot of injuries given the strange and different new training camp that we've experienced this summer. But they're going in a different direction. Now the guys that they kept, we kind of expected that. Burkhead, Harris, Michelle White. And then at fullback, Jakob Johnson stays. I sort of had that one as well. So... Not too bad so far. Good two of the three position groups, right? And interestingly enough, they did sign fullback Paul Quessenberry, fullback slash tight end. They signed him to the practice squad as they did J.J. Taylor. So kind of expected at least J.J. Taylor to the practice squad. Now let's go to tight end. Got that right as well. Devin SCC, Dalton Keene, Ryan Izzo, the three they are keeping. So hey, things are good so far. Wide receivers, I got the number right, didn't quite get the players right. Damian Bird, Julian Edelman, Keel Harry, Gunnar Oshevsky, Mohamed Sanu, Matthew Slater. Those were my predictions. Obviously, that wasn't quite right. Mohamed Sanu, the surprise release late last week. And so they're really just keeping five because Slater's a special teamer. So it's Bird, Edelman, Harry, Myers, Oshevsky are your wide receivers. Jeff Thomas was a sort of bubble-type player. Didn't make it onto the roster. And as of right now, he is not on the practice squad. Devin Ross and Isaiah Zuber are the two wide receivers that made it to the practice squad as of right now. Offensive line. I said they'd go with eight. They went with ten. Here are the ten that made it. A tackles. Yandy Juice, Corey Cunningham, Justin Heron, Jermaine Illuminor, and Isaiah Wynn. On the interior, David Andrews, Hilde Froholt, Shaq Mason, Michael Wenanu, and Joe Tooney. I didn't have a Wenanu making it. So that was interesting. Ben Braden, Tyler Gaither are the two offensive linemen that didn't make it. They kept all the tackles. Braden and Gaither are the two that they didn't keep on the interior. And they must be really unsure, I think, of how the combination will play out, I'd say primarily behind the starters. They, I'm sure they know the starting lineup, and they're comfortable with it. We can sort of expect that, right? Isaiah Wynn, Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Jermaine Illuminor. I think that's probably the starting five. I don't think there'll be any surprises come Sunday afternoon. But the interior and tackle backups might be a bit of a question mark. So they might be sort of waiting to see how things shake out. And again, look, we saw it last year. Injuries on the offensive line can hurt you. And given the strange preseason we've lived through, maybe they're worried about offensive line injuries, so they want to carry as much depth as possible. Switching to the defense now. Didn't get a ton of surprises. 
The four defensive tackles that they kept, Bo Allen, Adam Butler, Brian Coward, and Lawrence Guy. I had those four. Bill Murray, Nick Thurman, Xavier Williams, they're on the outside looking in. Sort of the edge guys. They kept Dietrich Wise Jr., Shirley Calhoun, Derek Rivers, John Simon, Chase Winovich, Brandon Copeland, Anthony Jennings, Josh Uche. Again, had those. The one that a lot of people had on the bubble, I said was in and he made it, Derek Rivers. That was in due, due in large part into what Belichick himself had said about Rivers in the past couple of days, how he improved his strength and explosiveness, so that was big. Inside linebacker, missed on this one a bit. I had them keeping Juwan Bentley, Dejon Harris, and Cash Maluia. Only Bentley made it. This screams to me a lot of 4-2-5, with only just the need for one inside backer, Jawan Bentley. Because you've got guys like, you know, Josh Uche, Brandon Copeland, Anthony Jennings. Those are more move-type linebackers, even John Simon. They only really need one inside backer in all of those packages. And we might even see, dare we say, sort of that Iowa State 3-3-5 that I wrote about last offseason. We might see some of that as we did last year and the year before. Do we even see some 3-1-7 little Brent Venables action? I told everyone a little bit earlier this offseason that I was spending some time studying Brent Venables and his 3-1-7 in that playbook and some cut-ups. Because of this possibility, we might be seeing this start to play out. So that's something to watch for. The cornerbacks, as expected, I predicted Justin Bethel, Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Jason McCourty, and Jawan Williams. Those are the six that they kept. Miles Bryant, Michael Jackson, D'Angelo Ross, outside looking in. And then the safeties. A predicted five, they kept all five. Terrence Brooks, Cody Davis, Kyle Duggar, Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips. The shocker of shockers, I think. The specialists, Nick Folk, Justin Rowasser, both of them cut. Now, both players were added back to the practice squad. So it makes it interesting how they're going to handle the kick and jump. Maybe they're just still undecided as of right now. A kicking battle headed into the week one initial season opening game against the Miami Dolphins. What a time to be alive. Obviously, Jake Bailey and Joe Cardona made that roster. My sort of reaction to this 53-man roster, I'm going to be on with the guys at Rockpile Report, that Bills podcast, recorded Tuesday night. And in the run sheet, the first question they're going to ask me, how do I feel? Describe the roster in one word. It's fine. It's fine. We, it, it, I mean, a better word to describe it might be unknown. We don't know how this is going to play out. Again, we haven't seen them live game reps against another uniform. We just haven't, so we don't know. We're working off of what we've heard in training camp. We're working off of what we've seen. But this is just a new era. So we'll get a sense of that Sunday afternoon against the Miami Dolphins, which we'll be spending all of the next show, Wednesday's show on, 
Just getting ready for that Dolphins game. Up next, some season predictions that are sure to be wrong. That is ahead on episode 131 of The Sco Show. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now in episode 131 of the SCO Show. And before diving into some NFL season predictions, which are sure to be wrong, I wanted to give a shout-out and a plug. SB Nation has launched our NFL show. And the one and only Michael J. Kist is going to be a huge part of that. There are going to be shows on a national level every day, Monday through Friday. You're going to have previews, fantasy stuff, film stuff. You might even hear a familiar name when it gets to the film stuff. Um, so check out the national show. There was a teaser, a trailer for that on the Pat's Pulpit podcast that dropped on Monday today. So check that out. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Pat's Pulpit podcast iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. We are ramping up for the season itself, so it's time to talk football yet again. All the other stuff, throw it out the window. None of it matters now. We've got games to talk about. And if I sound a little geeked right now, a little amped up, it's because I just spent a couple of minutes re-watching the Alabama LSU CBS like intro because I just suddenly had the CBS SEC theme like pop into my head. I'm a bit amped up right now. But let's talk about predictions which are sure to be wrong. If you want to hear or read more on these, this stems from a piece that Doug Farrar and I did together over at Touchdown Wire. Both of our predictions in a variety of categories. And I'm going to sort of work to the big ones. Comeback player of the year. It's no surprise who I'm betting on. It's Alex Smith. I don't care if he plays a down. He's the comeback player of the year. And I know I've said elsewhere, I may have even said it on the show last week, in any other year, David Andrews gets serious consideration for this one after missing all of last year. But the Alex Smith story is it for me. So that's my vote. Doug says Ben Roethlisberger. An interesting pick there. We also had... A category, what's the next big football debate? We've seen pass rush versus coverage. We've seen the running backs matter. We're starting to get into areas of other topics, but there are always great football debates. Whether they get beaten to death remains to be seen. But for me, I think it's does the draft matter? And that might sound somewhat ridiculous and hypocritical from somebody who, yeah, covers the draft a ton. But yeah, 
I think we're starting to realize that the draft is such an inexact science that maybe it doesn't matter as much as we think. So I think that's the next great football debate. Doug's prediction, why are teams so afraid to move on from bad quarterbacks? See Goff, Jared. First quarterback to be benched? It's a double dose of mediocre Mitch, baby. Both Doug and I say it's Mitchell Trubisky. He did get the starting job. I have to think he's on a short leash there. You don't trade for Nick Foles in that contract just to sit him. So I think the first time he has a bad game, he's hitting the bench. First head coach to be fired, I say Matt Patricia. Doug says Doug Marone. And as Doug writes about Marone, he finds himself in the center of an imperfect storm. He has a roster that's been gutted, a toxic environment in the building that has every player leave and express an unbelievable joy. The latest was the safety who got traded to the Browns, and he was like, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So I think Doug might have it right here with Doug Marone. He just seems to be in a bad situation. Now, your playoff standings. I've got in the AFC, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Patriots, more on that in a second, the Texans, the Bills, the Steelers, and the Colts. Doug has the Bucks, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Vikings, and the Eagles. Actually, that was my NFC. Doug's AFC, Ravens, Chiefs, Bills, Colts, Steelers, Texans, Pats, and in the NFC, Bucks, Dallas, Niners, Packers, Saints, Seahawks, and Vikings. Weird to have seven playoff teams. It just doesn't make sense. So those are our playoff seedings. You heard there are division winners. I've got the Patriots in the East, the Ravens, the Texans, which seems to be a bit of a outside pick here. A lot of people going elsewhere with Tennessee or Indy. And the Chiefs. And in the NFC, Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Seattle. Doug, he goes Buffalo in the East. Then Baltimore, Indy, Kansas City, Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco. And I've been talking a lot this offseason about how the Bills and they were the team to watch. And yes, they seem to be the favorites. I Maybe it's a bit of a homer pick here. But something has me a little bit more excited about this Patriots season than I expected. And it might be the love that Bill Belichick is showing for Cam Newton. And for those of you that I, I saw some chatter on the timeline, people wondered, why didn't Belichick ever show love like this for Tom Brady? Of course he did, you hoopleheads. People seem to think that because Belichick would sometimes be a bit terse in talking about Brady or he would sometimes pick on Brady during film sessions, he's going to do that with everybody. I am sure that if Cam Newton makes a mistake, he's going to hear about it both on the sidelines and then in film room on Monday. So... Of course he showed Brady some love. Did you see the NFL 100 when he sat right next to him and called him the greatest quarterback of all time? Come on, people, you hoopleheads. Coach of the year picks. Doug goes Andy Reid. I went with Bill Belichick, which may be the most homer pick of all time. But I don't care because if he wins a division with this team post-Tom Brady, might be his best coaching job ever. So yeah, I'm going Bill Belichick. And they should, well, they should name some sort of award after him when he hands him up. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Doug goes with Jeff Okuda. Great pick. I go Isaiah Simmons. Versatile pick. You're going to see I'm kind of in on this Arizona defense. Why? you see in a moment. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I went full-on chalk with Joe Burrow. Doug goes a bit different. CeeDee Lamb. 
Lamb is in now what was among the league's most dynamic passing offenses last season, and he's a force multiplier with the way he can dominate outside or in the slot. That's a great pick from Doug. I went chalk. Doug went a bit outside the box. Defensive player of the year. Doug, Tredavious White, Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia was clamoring last year that White should have been the defensive player of the year. And they might have had a case, especially after week 17. My pick, very much outside the box, Chandler Jones. I think this is a year, as much as we're focusing on Arizona and their offense, I'm just as excited to see their defense. And yes, Isaiah Simmons, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Chandler Jones, Defensive Player of the Year. Maybe I should have put them in the playoffs. I I came this close. Offensive Player of the Year, I went chalky with Lamar. Doug went a bit outside the box with Dak Prescott. I like the Dak Prescott pick. He has some good reason in there, too. In 2019, Prescott finished first in DYAR and sixth in DVOA among all quarterbacks. Led the league's second-best offense per football, per football outsider's opponent-adjusted metrics. And now he's got CeeDee Lamb. And yes, he's playing for a big contract. That's a good pick there. MVP, Doug goes Lamar. I went Mahomes. I thought about Brady, but yeah. Chalk pick there. As far as our Super Bowl picks, Doug goes Chiefs versus Saints. I went Ravens versus Saints. And we both have the Saints losing. That's right. I've got your Ravens as your Super Bowl champions over the Saints, and Doug has the Chiefs repeating over the Saints. So there you go, some NFL predictions which are sure to be wrong. If I get them right, you'll hear me brag about it a little bit. If I get them wrong, I know I'm going to get roasted, but that's the business. So folks, that will do it for this Labor Day show. I hope you had a safe Labor Day weekend. As I said, you can hear the excitement in my voice because we have football back to talk about. It's been a rough offseason. And you know me, I'm always honest, I'm always open. There have been times when it's been hard to do shows this summer. Because it's been a tough summer in the midst of a tough year, in a year that when we're all old and gray, we'll be telling our kids and our grandkids about. I mean, there are times when I literally find myself wondering, how can this be? How can this be our life right now? It's been strange. It's been hard. It's been trying. It's been relentless. And I've often joked that having kids is relentless. It's always there, always in your face, always tough. We're now into September. We've been home as a family for months now, since March. And we just spent three days in a cabin, a small cabin with two tiny niblets and Sonny and Rosie running around and chasing each other and having their nightly tussles at 4 a.m. It's been hard. It's been trying. But we have football back. And that's the one thing that if you're listening to the show, it unites you and me. Is football. Is love of this game. Is love of this team. Is love of this sport. Is love of the schemes, the personalities, the characters, and everything that goes into this sport and everything that gets us in front of the TV on Thursday night, on Sunday afternoon, and on Monday night. And we have that back. And we should be happy and we should rejoice. We should not let up and be vigilant about the things that face us as a collective human society. 
We should continue to distance and wear the masks and be safe and be responsible. Take care of those that we want to take care of and need to take care of and that may contract this disease. Hope for the best. Keep our fingers crossed. But revel in the fact that we, we have this back. And I know that there have been some that have said, well, you know, maybe this isn't a time for distractions and, th- and things like that. We can walk and chew gum. We can do both. We can be vigilant about the things we need to be vigilant about. We can be aware and focused on the things that we need to focus on. But we can take some time to have this sport back and enjoy it again. If for just three hours on a Sunday and then a couple of hours here and there during the week, you know, when you're listening to this show. But it's good to have the game back. It's good to have stuff to talk about again. Wednesday, again, we're moving to a Monday-Wednesday schedule now. I'm going to have this game previewed from a bunch of different angles. I'm already diving into film. Again, we don't have a ton of film to work on, but we do know Ryan Fitzpatrick is your week one starting quarterback opponent. So we got that bit of knowledge. Until then, friends, take care. Thank you so much. I, I, I haven't thanked all of you enough this offseason because it's been a strange one, but the numbers for the show continue to be incredible, which it, it touches me. It warms my heart that... I can get in front of a microphone and yap for 30 minutes and thousands upon thousands of you worldwide will tune in. It means the world to me. It truly does. I can't thank you enough for sticking around. We've got a fun season ahead. We'll have it covered here. Until next time, friends. Sin along as you wash those hands and bless those Patriots reigns. Down in Foxborough.